calling all baby faces and heels alike. Welcome to the Working Fans Podcast, your place for all things comedy, combat, and wrestling. Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Working Fans Podcast. Or you can email us at workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. If you're an audio listener, we encourage you to check out our YouTube. Wherever you listen, please make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe. But for now, please enjoy this episode of The Working Fans Podcast. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82 Designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, like, divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the Combat Cast, Working Fans Podcast Edition. Man, they call Dave and Chevy. Chevy, how we doing, man? It's good. How's it going? Good, good, good. We've been, we've been away for a few weeks. Actually, you know, it just hit me, too. We want to tell people we got coming up. I don't even know if we have that ready. You can take a minute if you do. <laughs> well, I, I know next week, and let me look at the date off the top of my head here. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the 20th. We're, we're working on the Caitlin Vieira and... Tate. And, yeah, Misha Tate card. After that, there will be no UFC the next week. So we're going to work okay. on a 531. So we'll, we'll put that out on, the, yeah. on Twitter and Instagram so everyone can get us a list. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Maybe a boxing list or something like that. I think yeah. there's one I already started on. Yeah. So look forward to that, guys. Me and Chevy have recorded a couple stuff in the bag before. So we didn't really get to talk about Glover Teixeira winning the light heavyweight title. What a great show, first off. Corey Sanghagen and Peter Jan tore it up. Our boy Sanghagen did not get the W like we hoped, but he, it was not for lack of trying. He brought it, but Jan continues to show that this guy has what I would call Undertaker tendencies. He just keeps coming forward. He's hard to stop. And with that fight and the feel-good moment, feel-good moment of Glover Teixeira winning the light heavyweight title and being an afternoon pay-per-view for us fans here on the East Coast... That was a really fun show, man. It was great, especially after a slow few weeks. You know, we had, yeah. we had a couple weeks that were, you know, not the best cards. Mm-hmm. To get Glover, Brazilian Rocky type story, and that great fight from Jan and, and Corey. I don't think that either man's stock went down in that fight. Corey showed he has a few things to work on, and Jan is, you know, the cream of the crop. So, yeah. Corey's young. He still has time to get up there. Yeah, I'll be interested to see uh, what they put San Hagen out there with next. You know, I know I'm going to talk about it later, but maybe a Marlon Vera. Because he's going to have to fight a little bit down, I would think, now. And Marlon's yeah. coming off that victory or Edgar. So. The division's so stacked. So Yeah, you know. I, because to me, it's clear Jan is fighting Sterling. 
unless Sterling's going to be out for a while and Jan's going to take another fight. Then it'll be TJ. TJ, yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, unless TJ's still injured. But I would, and if, they, if TJ's still injured too, I think Jan's just probably waiting, though, because there's no other fight that makes sense. No. You know, no. No one should um, be jumping Corey other than TJ, yeah. Right, who had to win, yeah. Mm. I know Sterling said, fuck TJ, but I don't think that's how it's going to work. So hopefully no. Sterling can get healthy and get back in there. We could have that fight, and then we'll see. The only guy that would be awesome to see maybe cut the line is Cejudo, if he wanted to come back, being the former Bannerate champ. But been talking about it, but He seems more interested in featherweight title, too. I agree. He just wants a legacy thing where he'll get paid, which right. I can't fault him for that. Mm-hmm. Jan's a tough fight anyway, so yeah, I, I don't think we're gonna see it. I don't think he'll be back. Personally. I don't either. I don't either. Other news. So yeah, like you said, kind of a boring few weeks we had until last weekend. You know, Glover Blackwood's fight where Glover won the title, and now here we are past weekend recording this on sunday the day after you'll see 268 and great show and we also have canelo alvarez successfully defend his title against caleb plant by all that i saw looked like a competitive good fight for a little while and then canelo alvarez did what he does proved he's the best in the world got the finish in round 11 canelo alvarez is stud man unifying belt i don't know what else to say i mean this is pound like pound number one i think yeah. boxing in our era it's it's him or tyson fury Right. Yeah, and they're not going to be fighting anytime no, soon. No, so. that won't be happening. Yeah. Canelo will jump weight classes, but he's not going to heavyweight to fight 6'9 Tyson Fury. Absolutely not. But yeah, Canelo Alvarez is a star, and he's good for boxing, I think. So Absolutely. Hopefully we'll see some more fun fights from him in the future. I also know that it was thrown out there that Kamaru Usman talked about wanting to box, and he said that gets him excited. He said a guy that's so good, and Dana commented afterwards, Dana, who was watching the Canelo Alvarez fight during the... He bet $100,000 on it. On oh, Dana. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. Dana also said... And it's funny because you hear Dana, he's always, you know, like he doesn't usually like... He's, he's a promoter. He's not going to put over the boxer, but he did make sure to say, he's like, Usman doesn't want that fight. He doesn't want that. He did also say, too, he said, now, if he wants to come over here, that's another thing. If Alvarez wants to do that, which... We know Canelo Alvarez doesn't want Absolutely to do that. Absolutely zero chance that happens. Yeah, I think it's just like Dana, from a promoter standpoint, I think he's a little tired of his talent jumping over and getting embarrassed in front of casual fans who aren't going to tell the difference. And it puts his fighters in a bad light because they're going to get outclassed by these boxers because they're just boxing. They're not able to do what they else they can do. And I don't, I don't blame them. I get it. I mean, the problem with it is, from his standpoint, is he doesn't really want to pay his fighters anymore. And that's the issue is these guys want to go make some money because they know there's an audience for that. That those casual fans will go, oh, what? This UFC guy is going to fight this boxer? And it's it draws. We all know that if any boxer, any boxer came into a UFC and fought a top-level talent, they would get demolished. Yeah. If the fighter wanted to... I. I, like a style bender, he is a stand-up specialist. Mm-hmm. Could take down any boxer at will, submit them yeah. at will. Yeah. So it, I, that's why we're not seeing those things because right. everyone knows that that's the reality. I would say the only real, I won't say exception, but the one guy I think that could do okay, and again, it would depend on the style matchup, would be Tyson Fury at heavyweight. Because if you put him in there with other guys who are just going to strike with him, and... It, it, even if they aren't going to strike, but maybe their wrestling isn't really good and they want in, 
there's a chance Tyson Fury, as big as he is, as strong as he is, could catch him. And that heavyweight division is a little more of a wild card. But and he has great footwork to avoid a takedown. Yeah, you you would imagine, but generally yeah, like, yeah. the boxing stance is so square, it just mm. leaves you open for blast doubles. So you're right. just there to be taken down. So yeah, I think even Tyson he, being so big, I mean, he would have the best chance, maybe. But mm-hmm. yeah, I still think he just gets taken down and submitted. Once he's on the ground, he'll never. Oh get right, it. right, yeah. and then I mean. Also, leg kicks too. Yeah, leg kicks too. Yeah, ask. Yeah. Well, I so I say boxers can't win, but it's against top level talent because Shannon Briggs went into an MMA fight or was a kickboxing fight and yeah. he got his legs kicked. He said it was the worst pain he's ever experienced. He was ready to tap out, and you know, then he clipped the guy. Yeah. And so, but yeah, if you're taking him down, that fight's over. I know Roy Mercer. I think it was Mercer. He had a heavyweight fight with, oh God, Tim Sylvia. And they had supposedly some gentleman's agreement where they weren't going to go for takedowns. And Tim, like, ducked his head, got clipped, and he just got knocked out. So, but then, like, this wasn't heavyweight, but James Tony, to his credit, did go over from boxing to MMA. And yeah, he got ankle picked. Yeah, Randy Cook. Right. I was going to say, and he got. Like that was it. Like Randy Couture. That's how most uh, most boxing versus MMA fights would go in a real MMA fight. So sure. yeah, that's a good example. Now UFC two sixty and eight. Before we get in the main card here, I got some notes on some of these prelim fights. No particular order. One of the first fights I'll talk about is Alex Pereira, masterful striker. This is a guy that you know has tremendous kickboxing credentials. I think he's got like thirty three wins in kickboxing. He knocked out. The middleweight champion MMA style bender. This guy has been He's working. He's been on untouchable in MMA, other than his first fight when he went up in weight class. Also, and mm-hmm. he, he got touched up by Jan and taken down. But oh, style bender, yes, yeah, yeah. I would say Pereira, who's he's four and one, I think now in MMA. He lost four his first fight. Now, yes. Yep, and he's won all his other fights, all finishes, and now he's been training with the light heavyweight champion Glover Teixeira too. In Connecticut, shout out. Shout out Danbury, Connecticut, as John Anik would say. Yeah. And I mean, he, he got in the clinch a couple of times last night. It was grabbing the fence and stuff, too. So that's going to be an issue for him, I think, when he gets taken down and stuff still. But if he continues to work at it, oh, my God, the striking level. Like, he just pulled out that flying knee so gracefully. And he looks like somebody that he's going to be fun to have around. He needs the right matchups, I think, because he is so inexperienced. If the UFC tosses him the wrong person, you know, he's going to get embarrassed in there, I would imagine. But if they build him up slowly and give him the correct matchups, they could build him to a potential, you know, quote unquote rematch with Stylebender. And I think that's a storyline the UFC would like to have, at least their promotion team would like to have. And I think I would assume that Stylebender would like to get that fight back, you know, in MMA where, you know, he is king at this point. So we'll, we'll have to see what they do with matchups. If they give him some all-star Dagestani wrestler, that hype train's going to stop real fast, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, he's not ready for any great wrestlers. One other note, well, a couple other notes, but one other that I want to talk about too is Ian Gary. 
this kid, he's young. I don't know how old he is. He's 23. Uh, just turned 23, 23, I believe. Yeah. He had some problems early on. Jordan Williams, I think it was. He was I mean, uh, I felt like he was losing that whole fight until yeah. he, you know. Yeah. It's funny because in the fight, Rogan called exactly what he was trying to do. He's trying to step off mm-hmm. at an angle and draw him in for a counter to counter him with the right hand. And it was like literally five seconds after Rogan said that, that's what he did. And he, and he knocked Williams out. Yeah, he did. He gave him. A- Pretty good interview afterwards, too. Talking Quote about, yeah. Connor, Connor, yeah. Yeah, Colton Connor. Talking about the names that have been in MSG besides Connor, you know, Ali, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather. You know, 23 years old, debut in the UFC. He's 8 0 now, scores the knockout, end of the first round. Yeah, he took some punches. It's a hell of a debut. I think the only thing I would say that was, he seems like, I mean, confidence is good, but this guy was talking about in his presser afterwards that he thinks it's clear that it's going to be him and Hazmat Shemaev that's going to take over his division in the next few years. And that, you know, after Usman, you know, it's going to be us two. And he said, I'm going to take it slow, but fast. He says, you know, when the fight's coming along, but I'll be building myself. Like, he's saying some of the right things, but I didn't see a performance necessarily that's going to translate that we should even be talking about. We're going to be running this division in the next few years. Well, he said he was nervous, which fighters do get those UFC jitters. Right. You think about your UFC debut in MSG. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I don't know when the last time he fought in front of a crowd was, but to your, you know, one of your first fights back to be in front of MSG, I understand having nerves. Yeah. With that being said, he doesn't have the experience and we don't have the experience of watching him to see what he's really capable of. Right. That was not a super impressive showing. He showed the ability to adapt. Mm-hmm. But I thought he was get he was getting touched up. I mean he was he was a little bit beaten up on he was showing it on the face. Yeah. Credit to Williams, but he's not a top level talent. So that was his third um, loss in a row. Yeah. We, we we need to see Ian against better competition before mm-hmm. we, you know, to say right. tout him as the next Conor McGregor, but I would you're saying the right things. Yeah, I would take him slow. And if you're UFC, like these are the guys you want that can promote themselves. Chris Curtis, another guy who made his UFC debut last night, big win. He was another one that was struggling with Phil Hall's here. He was <laughs> getting beat up, and then just, yeah, 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 and he just turned it on. Now Curtis, he had Sean Strickland in his corner, another top UFC light heavyweight. And which I just thought was notable because, you know, Glover was in the corner. So interesting night for these light heavyweights who are cornering these guys. But Chris Curtis, he's been around. He's had a lot of fights. He's been just like 14 years. So for him, this was just a big moment. You know, he was able to get it done and he got the win at MSG. So good for him. I don't really know. Like, I, I gotta, I'm going to have to see more of this guy. But I don't know where we're going to see with him. But I think he's a guy that, because he's been around for so long, too, though, he's not going to have the luxury of an Ian and have time necessarily on his side. Yeah, he, he's going to have to fight some higher level people quicker. Like you said, he, he's older. I thought, I'm going to be honest, I don't think he really deserved the win for that. Phil Hawes was beating his ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, to be frank, he, Phil Hawes looked as good as I've ever seen him in the octagon. He looked phenomenal. He just stepped into a punch and got knocked out, basically. Props to Curtis, but I don't know if they fought again, if it, that's how it would be. Right. You know, it is UFC jitters, possibly. You know, he could look better, but in that fight, if he fought that way 
and Phil Hawes fought the way he did 10 times, Phil Hawes is going to win 10 times, I think. So that's not how the card went, you know, or how the fight went. And Curtis continues on in the UFC. We'll, we'll see how he does. I like you said the card because it was kind of a theme because Beast Boy Barnett, Chris Barnett makes his debut here. Everyone's and, new favorite fighter. Uh, yeah, not debut. This is his second fight, actually. He took a short notice fight against Ben Rothwell before. Right, he got choked out, yeah. Yeah. And so it's a fight where he's taking on John Vellante. And John Vellante, who used to be at light heavyweight and arguably, you know, had a better build than Chris Weidman, who we trained with. Like they would have these things. That is not <laughs> what's going on right now. Vellante is very big, as Joe Rogan said. That's a kind way of putting it, not the right way of putting it. Yep. And I mean, that's basically Joe Rogan's calling you fat, like, <laughs> you know, live on TV. So, but people seem to love John. You know, he's got a kid at home. And so this was going to be his last fight at MSG. But that being said, he didn't look, obviously, he didn't seem that motivated. And there were times in that first round that I would say I couldn't tell you who was winning. It might have been John. Like, it wasn't anything like crazy good about that performance. But then we got to round two. And then this big man. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I don't know what to make of him yet, but he's got this athletic ability that you wouldn't think he has. And like he's, I think he weighed in at 260, maybe 263 for this fight. He's 5'9. Yeah, he's not a big man. He looks like he's 300 pounds and 5'7, but he throws this spinning, like back wheel kick, connects over the shoulders and lays him out. And he, I think he has to go follow up with some punches, but Big Dan is quick to call it. And Big Dan was great last night, too, by the way, as we're recording this. But yeah, our uh, friend Dan Margliata. Yeah, officiating was good overall, I thought, too, which yeah. doesn't have enough credit, especially the week before. Where Absolutely. Good yeah. Point. But yeah, beast part of that, man. And then he, he gets to win. He does this crazy backflip where he lands on his ass. But, you know, it's like, it's like he's trying to land on his ass and he's just like, He's celebrating. He's going crazy. The fans love it. He did a it. great dance for his walkout. Too. He did a great dance on his Just walkout. Energy. He's got a like great energy. Yeah, he brings the promo where he's talking about, you know, this man had a cinder block for a head. My feet's on fire. Yeah. And he's giving John, you know, his due as retiring. He's putting John Vellante over. He's telling the crowd to cheer for him. Crowd's going nuts. And then he just starts doing another dance on the way out. And I mean, he's a guy that I don't know, again, like how far he'll go in this, but he's not that it could be fun. And if I were the UFC, I'd try to give him a few favorable matchups here and there just to maybe, you know, hopefully he gets some Ws and maybe you can build him up because I don't think he's a guy that's ever going to be fighting for like a heavyweight title or, you know, mm -hmm. an elite contender, but he could be fun to have around for a while. Right, he, he has a background in Taekwondo, and you could really tell when, because he threw like some back kicks before that mm. spinning wheel kick, and they were real pretty. Like he looked really good, not something you'd see from a, you know, two hundred sixty-five pound. He, the guy looks like a bowling ball. Yeah, very impressive, but nothing is outshined by his personality. You know, he is yeah. uh, just a fun guy. I think, like you said, maybe not championship level mm -hmm. material just because physically he's at a disadvantage but he could be like a, a fan favorite like a cowboy-esque yeah you know, kind of fighter i know it's just thinking too like a fun heavyweight fight what about tie to avasa too this is too and that could be a that could be that's a tough fight for chris but yeah yeah it'd be a lot of fun 
personality. The Shuey and the dancing. Yeah, that's a that's a main event fight for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Fight night, but. All right, this guy. I'm gonna struggle with his name. We talked about him. All right, he beat Mamov. Yes. Yeah, Nassim. I think it was Nassim Mamov. Mamov. He's three and one in the UFC now. He's eleven and three. Out of those eleven wins, he has nine finishes. Five KOs and four subs. Very well rounded. Edmund Shabazia, who was like the next big thing, is now, I think this was his third, maybe third or fourth loss in a row. And he's, ever since he got that first loss to Brunson now, it's kind of been a downward spiral a little bit. I think he might be with a new camp, though. I can't remember if they said that. Has he been working out with AK, with DC? DC was telling yeah, stories Yeah, he did, about he did some wrestling there. Yeah. I, I think Edmund's problem is he, he's really young, mm-hmm. and he did so well early on that he kind of got the Darren Till. He got right. pushed a little too far, a little too quickly, and now he's ranked 11, and they can't mm-hmm. just, you know, have him fighting scrubs when you're ranked right. 11. So I think after this fight... I don't think he's in danger of being cut. I know he has, you know, two or three losses in a row. He's a top-level talent. He just isn't there yet. He needs to, you know, reach his potential. At, like I said, just got pushed a little too far, a little too fast. Yeah. Also, Imavov is a dangerous guy. He's up and coming. He should be ranked in the top 10. Mm-hmm. It's a tough fight for him. Matchup-wise, it was a tough fight. Yeah, and you know, the thing about it was this guy is very well-rounded. Like, he had a guillotine choke a couple times where he almost tapped him out, and then he ended he had up a couple him. different chokes, yeah. yeah. Edmund showed good heart because they were deep, too, and he didn't tap, and he got out. And the other thing to know, too, was it was a, it was a crucifix combination that finally got him, and when you get caught in that, you're basically both your arms are tied up, and he's hitting them with elbows. Like, there's yeah. really no getting out of that. You can't get it, out of the way of any shots, yeah. No, so the, the best thing you could hope is it, there's like five seconds left, and <laughs> yeah, the bell's right. about to ring. And you're saying, Don't let him get to that position. It's the yeah. best way to get out of that, I think. Right. Yeah. Well, so he'll be interested. One other prelim fight I want to make note of, Bobby Green looked fantastic. Again, raging out. We kind of talked about it. On this fight, we were wondering with Raging Al's and activity and Bobby Green's that activity that that was going to be the difference. Because, you know, if this was the Raging Al that went five rounds with Habib, I would have picked him all day. But something told me going into this, and I know you felt it too, that maybe he wasn't as motivated. And it was really hard to even tell because, you know, Bobby's striking just looks so next level and he just put it on him and he got him out of there in the first round. And big win for Bobby Green. I think he's won four out of his last six. He's got, like, three bonus awards now. I think it was, like, two fight of the nights and a performance of the night. He's another guy that's just a lot of fun, I think, in that division. And, you know, maybe Bobby, another Richter or something, this is a guy who might be able to headline a fight night card or something. Right. He, he's older. He's late 30. So okay. if he's, you know, he's reaching the end of his career, I would assume. So hopefully he gets, yeah, like you said, a fight night, maybe main event against another good, fun stand-up fighter. Mm-hmm. He's an exciting fighter. He has a good style, like a, an aesthetically pleasing style. He fights with his hands down. He talks shit. He's got tattoos all over his head. He's an exciting fighter to watch. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I agree. Now, let's get down to the main card. We kicked off with Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. It was everything we expected it to be and more. There were multiple times where I thought either guy could finish each other in that first round. Like, Gaethje was, you know, taking some hard shots, too. But he was, I thought, had more of the volume. He was evading a little bit better as well. 
And then there was a couple times where Chandler looked like he was out. And it was just a violent, violent fight. In the end, to me, Gaethje was the one, at least over three rounds, that looked like, because of the leg kicks, I would say, too, just looked like the guy who was, not only was he the better fighter that night, but I think he was the closer of, like, he was going to get Chandler out of there if that had kept going, I thought. But Chandler was so hard, so much hard and so explosive at times that, you know, like, he, he's obviously hurting. He looks tired. But he has that great athletic ability where he can just still turn your lights out if you're not careful. He and was game the whole fight. The whole yeah. fight, yeah. I know my wife hated it. He was doing the, you know, the come on thing. Yeah. Getting the blood out every time he was getting hit. Mm-hmm. I love that shit, though. I'm glad that he came. People were saying, you know, that Gaethje's the most violent, he's the craziest fighter, and Chandler said he wanted to show that he's crazy. You know, he's not afraid to get in those types of fights and wars, and and he's a tough guy. Well, he showed it. It, Ultimately, he did lose. I thought that we got the fight that we all thought we were going to get, you know? Yeah. I, I said before this on the last episode that I thought this might be fight of the year or maybe mm-hmm. one of the best fights of all time. Um, I think it lived up to that. I'd watch this fight every weekend if we could get it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think maybe eventually down the road we see them again, maybe for a title, a yeah. five-round fight. You know, does it go the same way? I'm not sure, but I would love to watch it again. I, think, I bet both guys are hurt real bad today, though. I'll tell you that. I think it's definitely a possibility. I think Gaethje, he's got to get the winner of Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliveira. He deserves it, and I don't see anybody skipping the line over him. Even Conor McGregor at this point. I don't think, you know, you never know, but I don't think anybody's skipping over Justin Gaethje right, right now. Like, he's getting that next title fight. The only way, unless he gets injured, but that doesn't happen. I think he's next. For Chandler, I put a little thought on this. I'd like to see him... There's a couple fights potential I'd like to see him in. RODA, who's ranked right next to him, be a good fight for him. I think that's who was supposed to fight Makachev when Dan Hooker stepped in to fight. Yeah, I think that would be good. Yeah, Makachev would be the other guy. You know, we'll see. We'll find out how good Makachev is for sure. And then the other guy who is coming off wins, but he's been out for a while and he will need a big name fight would be Darius. And Darius is a guy who's one or two fights away from a title shot, too. So that could be right there. I like all those fights for him. I think RDA would be the good, and that's not to knock RDA, but I think RDA is the good fight for him if he's probably going to get a win back. And I don't mean disrespect because you never know what RDA, but I think Chandler definitely gets a I like the way he matches up there. But with Darius, I'm not so sure because he's been on fire, but I think I, I like Chandler in a lot of these fights. Machachev is the one fight that's the big question mark because he's been so dominant, but he hasn't been tested like a lot of these other guys have yet. Like Hooker was probably his best test, and he cleared it clearly. He beat him very fast, but Chandler also did that. So, you know, it'd just be interesting. The Machachev fight is the most interesting to me. Because I, I don't think Chandler's super great off his back. I mean, he has yep. jiu-jitsu skills, but he's more comfortable on top. Mm-hmm. So I think Chandler's the favorite in all of those fights for me. Mm. The Makachev one, the only thing I'd be worried about is if Makachev's wrestling is so good that he could take Chandler down, who is also a very good wrestler. He was Division One wrestler. So um, if he can take Chandler down and be on top, that... That's tough for Chandler, but if it, mm-hmm. in a stand-up fight, Chandler's power, his his explosive ability with his power, mm-hmm. I just like him in all of those fights. 
Yeah, I would say Makachev is the, to me, is the highest risk, lowest reward fight, yeah. I guess. As Joe Rogan said, this next fight would have been the most amazing fight on any card if it wasn't on this card, coming yeah. right after that Sharon or Gaethje war. But Billy Q versus Shane Burgos. Billy Quintino, I believe his actual name is. He looked so good in the beginning of this to me. Like, I thought, you know, his volume and everything. Burgos, like, I thought Billy definitely won the first round. But Shane was hitting him with some decent shots. And it, to me, it always looked like Shane was the harder hitter. But I thought he was going to get out-volumed. And that was not the case. As time went on, Burgos is getting those leg kicks. He's putting the work on Billy. And Billy's feeling it. And then Shane is starting to really unload. But Billy, to his credit, like, he never gave up. Another great performance on this card. Another guy who was gritty. And he just kept hanging in there. But to me, after, you know, round two, you can see Shane was the one who really took over. Man, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who these guys get lined up with next. I was thinking Burgos. I don't know. We'll see because he's fought a lot of top guys, too. So it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with him. Yeah, I wonder if he has to fight another lower guy because he, he had a couple losses in a row before this fight, right? He lost to Barbosa and, and somebody else before this. Yeah. So I wonder if he has to prove himself one more time before he... He gets a, you know, top 10, top 15 guy. Before those two fights, though, he was looking great. And he, even in those losses, demonstrated high-level striking. Technically, his boxing is very good. I believe that he struggled because Quarantillo was making it a dogfight. And, you know, he's just pressuring him. And, and as he started to wear down a little bit... That, and Burgos could get his space, that's where he kind of took over the fight and started to hurt Billy. But yeah, like you said, like Rogan said, it was a great fight, overshadowed by the fact that that fight beforehand was absolutely amazing. It wasn't a bad fight on his card as we go down this year. Like, Marvin Vera versus Frankie Edgar next. Marvin Vera, Cheeto Vera. To me, I was surprised at the beginning of this. I thought Frankie was shown to be a little quicker in the beginning. I thought, you know, he was actually... Out quicking him, uh, you know, on the feet. You know, he, he, I think he had a takedown early. He was in control. But Vera, as this fight would go on, was just looking stronger. He was definitely looking like the stronger of the two. And then he started looking like the quicker of the two. And I don't know what would have happened if it went three rounds. Because it would have been hard to tell, like, round two. But Vera got him out of there. You know, brutal kick. Front Edgar. kick, yeah. Yeah, front kick. And Edgar is down and i know he protested but it wasn't looking good and i think great win for vera who you know he just beat edgar who was ranked number eight and it'll be interesting to see what they do with him next i mentioned this guy a lot i'll get your opinions on the fight too but i i like marab who's number six another guy who's just kind of climbing there i don't know if marab wants to fight a guy that you know but marab tends to fight anybody so maybe not stylish, but I don't know. I just think it'd be interesting because Bantamweight is so stacked. Cruz is booked too. Like Cruz is a guy I'd like to see Vera in there, but we'll have to see what happens with Cruz and Munoz coming up. What did you think about the performance and everything overall? Like you said, I thought Frankie looked great at the beginning of the fight. I mean, the man is 40 years old for mm -hmm. his footwork and speed to be that great at that weight class. Because, you know, your athleticism is usually the first thing to go once you start getting older. He's held on to it very well. What does seem to be what's left him is his chin. He was, I believe he had never been finished before Ortega finished him a few years ago. And, and now he's been finished again. He, 
his striking didn't seem like he was hurting Cheeto enough. And that's ultimately what the difference was. Cheeto didn't land as many punches in those first rounds, but he was landing hard on Frankie and they wore on him, slowed him down a bit until he eventually got knocked out. Like you said, Frankie protested the stoppage. I also thought it was a good stoppage. He just recovered very quickly because he's a tough guy. But and Cheeto was hitting him with hammer fists on the way down and then he was stopped if he was allowed to just keep hitting him when he was down he would have hurt him hurt him so i thought it was a good stoppage i think marab is a good call out it's the ufc's not looking to do marab any favors he's a wrestler right. uh, they don't want him to be champion so right. i wouldn't be keep surprised if they you know threw him cheeto they're um, gonna keep him busy for a while i yeah. guess what i think he's gonna have to like rob is gonna have to go through everybody yes <laughs> and, I agree. yeah and he might and he be able will. to do it he might, yeah. He might just be able to do it. I like him against Cheeto. Uh, people can't stop his takedowns. He's going to take you down and mm-hmm. take you down and take you down. He's going to keep doing it until you can't stand up anymore. And yeah. he's always going to be able to get up. So that, that'd be a good fight. I The the bandweight division is stacked. So really, yeah. you could throw anyone in that top 15 against anyone. And yeah. it would be a competitive fight. So. Yeah, I think Marlon was ranked 13 going into this. So mm-hmm. he just beat the number eight guy. So it's like, yeah, these all, all these fights are potentially very competitive. So. We had Calvin Cater. I, I know Calvin's ranked pretty high up there. but Marlon, well, He's featherweight, right? Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, yep. yeah. So, um, yeah, I know Rob Font, he, he's also a little bit too high. He's probably in yeah. the title shot. Because but... he just got that win over Cody, too. Yep. And Cody Garvin was one I was thinking of. But he's going to be fighting at Flyweight coming up. So. Yeah, he's got, a, I think, uh, next month is his Kai Kara France. Yeah. He's on a, uh, yeah. the next pay-per-view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a great move, I think, too. Like, Cody is, you know, he's not that big of a guy. So if he can make the weight easy and his quickness and his power stays, like, he could be a guy that's a force down at Flyweight. And it'd be a chance for him to win another title. And maybe not have to take any damage to his chin since he's been on those brutal knockouts before. If his power translates, he's a real big problem at flyweight because mm-hmm. he was knocking people out pretty regularly before he got to the top five mm-hmm. in bantamweight. So he, he's going to be finishing a lot of people at flyweight if his speed and power stays. Translates. Rose Namanunas, Whaley Zhang. Good fun fight. Whaley really hung in there this time. I was saying I thought she would definitely bring it, but I thought Rose would take the decision before this. Whaley made it even more competitive than I thought at times. Like, this was one of those fights where you didn't really know how the judges were going to see it because there were some rounds that could have gone either way. Yeah. Ultimately, I think Rose got a 49-46, but there was, like, these rounds that were just, like competitive was it split this is a split though too yeah right it wasn't i don't think it was a split but only one judge it had it 49 46 the other ones had it you know 47 48 i think see i was thinking that might have been the usman covington fight i'm getting confused by those two but at the end of the day it was a long night last night yeah and it's fine it was a competitive close fight well actually uh you know what I got the score. It was it was split. Yep. Yeah. This is where I'm looking at it right here. Yeah. So they were 48-47, and then there was a 49-46 in there for Rose, which is the point. These rounds look like they could have gone to anybody, and it was just that kind of a close fight. But Rose gets the W. What are your thoughts on the performance, first off? I thought that this back-and-forth fight was the fight we were going to get the first time they fought. That's what I was expecting. Obviously, Rose head-kicked her and finished her. This fight... 
I thought Whaley looked much better, and it was obvious that she had worked on her wrestling with Cejudo and, and her move to that camp. And her wrestling, if she can develop that a little bit more with all that power, full striking that she has, she's going to be even more dangerous. If she fought Rose again, you know, it's very possible that she beats Rose and clips her. And I, I didn't think... I wasn't as impressed with Rose's jiu-jitsu uh, as... I didn't think she did as much from the bottom as I thought that she was going to be able mm. to do in those situations. So I don't know if she's just falling in love with their striking or she was having an off night or she just, or Whaley is just that strong. That's also right. possible, but she would want to address that if they're going to fight again in the future, she needs to be able to get up off her back or throw up submissions, you know, threaten submissions from her back better on the feet. Rose looked like Rose, you know, great footwork until Ro- Whaley started kicking her leg. That lead front leg got eaten up a little bit, and I think that hampered her movement. So maybe that might have been why we didn't see a finish from Rose because she was still landing some good shots but couldn't put everything behind them. Uh, I Again, it was a great fight. Uh, I'd love to watch him do it again. I think they – her – those two and Joanna – are the best strikers in the division. And I love watching them fight. All three of them <coughs> fight each other all the time. I was looking at the rankings. Number one is Carl Esperanza. And number two is Marina Rodriguez, who I think is probably more the momentum coming up. You can't go wrong with either of those fights because Esperanza is, does have a victory over Rose. It was a long time ago, but the story's there. I say, ah, man. I think Rodriguez is the bigger threat, but also, like, part of me thinks, why rush that fight? Like, give Rodriguez a chance to maybe fight again and train and, you know. But there's also this division so damn dangerous. I feel like almost like if you put Rose against Carl Esperanza, Rodriguez should fight Zhang, though. Like, it's almost like Zhang is almost in this title eliminator again, though, too. Esperanza's won, but then I, I guess as the more I talk about it, I think maybe Zhang should fight Esperanza because... They're kind of the veterans and stuff like that. And Rodriguez is like kind of the one who's a little more of an X factor. You know, she's looking really good. And I'd kind of like to see how she does against Rose. I think Carla has a better shot against Rose. Just takedowns. Yeah. And I think psychology is a big part of Rose's game. Mm. And Carla having that win over, you know, might get into, into Rose's head. And stylistically, wrestling is Rose's weak suit. And that is all Carla does is wrestle. So she's very good at it. I, I Mina, I just don't think she's there yet. Yeah. I mean, she has looked phenomenal, but I just think Rose is one level above where she's at at this point. Mm. So yeah, maybe she fights Whaley, we get Carla versus Rose, and, and then maybe we can get to Jacek back to fight Whaley Zhang. You know, Jacek wants title fights. Whaley Zhang is right there. They had an awesome, awesome fight. And if Jay Maybe, Check can yeah. win that one fight, one of the best puts, of all time. Yeah, if Jay Check can win that fight, it puts her right back in title talks. So that, yeah, she needs to come back and fight. She's not going to get a shot, um, an immediate shot. She didn't win. So right. So I think that would be a good fight. Yeah, and it's you know it was so super competitive. I, I like that fight. All right, main event: Usman over Co- Covington. But this was very interesting. This was another one where there was a lot of rounds we thought could have gone either way, and this is the one where a lot of judges had forty-eight, forty-seven. And then one of them had it 49-46. We noted when we were talking about this last night. 
when Covington was coming out, he didn't look confident to us. He looked, I don't know, very timid almost in the beginning. And he looked like he was fighting scared at times. That being said, as the fight went on, he started to look stronger at different points. And Covington, a guy who was not known for his power, definitely looked like he rocked Usman at different times. Cool times. Yeah, and I mean, I thought Usman won the fight. I thought he did enough. There wasn't any question about that. But I do think Covington has become his greatest rival at the same time. And it's just interesting to me because, like, you just don't expect it because Usman made the adjustments in his last few fights where he just looks like he's a killer now or he's taking people out with strikes. By the way, another reason why I don't want to see Usman <laughs> strike with Canelo Alvarez because you're getting lit up at different times by Kobe Covington. And I'm not yeah. saying that he did win the fight, but you're not going to get in there and box Canelo Alvarez. Fuck all that. So... Yeah, it was a great fight, though. I really enjoyed. I think I really like these guys fighting each other. I hope I know people are going to probably not like to hear this, but I hope Kobe gets some wins and he finds another way back and we get this fight one more time because I love it when these guys fight. It's just magic. And I thought that this was a fight that where Kobe didn't even start off that well. And it ended up being just so good. But that being said, I'll get your opinions on the fight. But I think... It's interesting, the landscape now. Because to me, Masvidal, win or lose, the fight that makes sense after his fight with Leon Edwards is Kobe Covington. Because Masvidal's already had two performances against Usman, and Usman knocked him out in the last one. So even if Masvidal beats Edwards, I don't think he should be fighting Kobe. I mean, uh, Usman. So I like that Kobe fight. There's a story there, and that's what should happen. Edwards, if he wins, should fight Usman. If he loses... I don't know what the fuck we're going to end up doing because, like, Usman's tearing through these guys, and I don't think Hazma should just be given a title shot already. doesn't matter but... what you think he should be given. <laughs> Tell us what your performance, what you thought about the performance first, so then we'll talk more about this. Okay, I agree. Colby did look worried and timid, just hesitant. He, he didn't press forward, which is his normal game plan. It's just full press, push the opponent back into the <clears> cage, <throat> He didn't want to walk into any of those big punches from Usman. He's with a new camp. He had a smarter approach, but I don't know if he's fully, you know, gotten that approach down. If we had seen Kobe with this new camp, you know, two or three fights instead of just that one against Woodley, maybe he would have done better, you know, in those earlier rounds. But he did land on Usman. He could hurt Usman, which I didn't think he was really capable of. Yeah. So he, he did hurt Usman, wobbled him a couple times, but ultimately couldn't capitalize. The real big problem was is he was getting hurt by Usman. He got dropped twice badly in that second round. You know, he obviously did recover and got better from there, but that ultimately he wore the damage on his face much worse, you know, and he ended up getting beat. They did do a little bit of wrestling in this matchup, which was good. I think if Kobe had leaned on his wrestling a little bit more and tried to tire Usman out, Usman can't land those heavier shots on him. Usman has a good gas tank, but Kobe is next level. So maybe if he tried to wrestle a little bit more, I don't know. Like you said, I, I'd be down to watch a third one. Yeah. If they're so close. I like that they showed a little bit of respect at yes. the end. 
You know, it, we yeah. hear from people all the time. Colby's not really a bad guy. He's putting on a persona. He's trying to make money. Can't fault the guy for trying to make money. He wants to be the heel or he thinks he needs to be the heel. It's working. I like to assume he's he's actually a nice person under, underneath that persona. But So I, I'm glad that him and Usman shared a little bit of respect in the cage. I assume it's hard after, you know, almost 10 rounds of fighting a guy back and forth where it's that close to at least not show each other a little bit of respect. As far as matchup-wise, Hamza, if he knocks another person out in the first round, he's going to get a title shot. He's going to fucking jump Leon Edwards again or some shit. Leon Edwards, no one's been boned more than that guy in the UFC. It doesn't matter if he beats Smalls at all. If Hamza knocks someone out, he's probably getting a title shot. I have a bad feeling that Colby's going to end up fighting Hamza because mm. I think they want him to. I think they they think he's ready for a title shot. So I think that's the quickest way to get him there. And, and I'm, I'm looking at that, I'm looking at the rankings now. So I'll throw some names out there for you. Or Burns. He could fight Burns too. Burns is the guy I'd like to see Hazma fight next, I think. Now Edwards, if he wins, has to be next he should to get a title shot. Yeah. Absolutely should. He should have yeah. already had one. Yeah. That being said, if Edwards loses, like we're looking at Vicente Luque is like number four. He's the next guy. And I like Vicente Luque, but man, I don't know. Like maybe Usman just takes some time off because like there's no guy that really has like to me a clear cut. Like after that, it's Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So it's like, but none of these guys. He hasn't be... gotten a shot at Usman yet. You know, he had those bad. I mean, we, people say bad, but he had those boring fights with Woodley. Woodley is not Usman. You know, Usman's going to push forward and he's going to strike a little bit more. And that plays into Wonderboy's hands. So, I mean, that could be an exciting fight. Wonderboy's yeah. not young. If they, I, I would like to see that fight. Who did Wonderboy just use to, though? He just he, lost to somebody. Was that um, Luke? Yeah, was then, it Luke? I think it was Luke. Because then Luke probably is the guy. Yeah, Luke should so. get the fight over him. But yeah, maybe Hazmat fights Wonderboy. I mean, that division's so stacked. I would watch anybody in the top ten fight each other. Yeah, I I love the idea of Hazmat and uh, Wonderboy actually, just because the style matchup. Hazmat probably wrestles Wonderboy. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, so I Gilbert don't... Burns just beat Wonderboy. So. Oh yeah. yeah. So if. So well, Gilbert yeah, Burns, Wonderboy beat Luke, right? He did. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting that Luke outranks him then too. He won after he won fights after that. Luke did. Yes. Yeah. Wonderboy beat Luke, Jeff Neal, and then lost to Burns. It's a tough division, man. It's a murderer's row, but Usman's uh, beat a lot of top contenders already, and he looked really good doing it. So Hazma is a guy that has a name, and he's got some hype. But we, I do think we need to get him one victory. So, Fire UFC, I don't know. I'd maybe try to put him in there with Thompson or Luke because of the style matchup, because he can always take these guys down if he has to. And I think Hazma is the guy you want to fight for this title, especially if Edwards loses. And if I was UFC, I'd book this Hazma, Luke, or Wonderboy fight soon because mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we got to uh, do something. And Burns. I wouldn't maybe book him with Burns. I mean, I said that was a good idea. The more I think about it, because if Burns wins, then you're stuck because you got Burns who, you know, Usman already knocked out. And it's not that I don't think Usman or Burns deserves a shot at some point, but I think he needs to get a few more wins. Right, there's uh, too much talent that high up for people to be getting shots again right away. Like, even if he beats Edwards, 
I don't think he should get a shot right away at Usman. Yeah. To me, yeah. Kobe, Kobe's path of victory, like if he ever wants to get back here, he should beat Masvidal again, one way or the other. And then he needs to get a quality win over a guy like Burns and maybe Wonderboy. Like he's going to need three more victories at least, I think. And then we'll see where we're at. We'll see where we're at then. But man, it was a, bit, it was a great rivalry if they uh, don't do it again. I really enjoyed these two fights, but I hope they get to do it again some other time. Great card, great couple of weeks of fights, and we've been going on for almost an hour here, brother. So let's just preview this weekend's coming card. Why don't we just talk the yeah, main it's not, event? Yeah, it's not a super big card, so. We'll yeah, just let's just talk the main it. event and the co-main event, because there's not a ton of fights that I feel like we really need to cover. And the co-main event. I know Ben Rothwell is going to be in this. Marcos Rodrigo de Lima is. Yes. There you go. He has, he's a 500 fighter. He wins one, loses one for like the last 10 fights or something like that. Mm. Win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Every fight against Ben Rothwell Rothwell is a tough fight, even Mm. though he's 40 years old. This will be, he has over 40 fights or something. He has a hundred thousand fights. Ben Rothwell does. So, okay. One thing I'm, it's glaring to me at this fight comes up here, looking at Marcus's record as 2017. So there's a lot of time to adjust, but he got, he got stuck in the Von choke by OSP and Rothwell is a awesome heavyweight at submissions with jujitsu and stuff yep. like that. He also got caught in a triangle choke against Stefan Struve. This he's got that long legs. It's tough. 2019. So, and then even recently, his most recent loss in 2020 against uh, Alexander Romanov, he was forearm choke. So I am seeing so that, a gl- That's literally just him leaning on his neck, I think. Yeah. This is, dude, I, okay, I promise. So ben Rothwell by submission. That's, that's what I'm, what I'm calling here. Ben Rothwell is great at submissions. And yeah, he just actually beat Chris Barnett recently we were just talking about with a guillotine choke and by the way not to do mma math on you because it doesn't matter struve and osp who have we mentioned were some losses to this guy rafa has two victories over each a split over osp and a tk over struve but i do think he kicked struve in the dick twice for that one. Oh yeah uh, struve should have tapped out and yeah. won that fight yeah, it was but josh barnett Another guy who's awesome at submission, Rothwell caught him in a guillotine choke. So, yeah, I got Rothwell all day by submission. Uh, and real quick before we get to the main event, I'm happy to see Felicia Spencer is going to be back on this card. Don't know much about her opponent, but I'm excited to see her win. We got women's featherweight action. <laughs> the OSP's on this card. Maybe somebody will get Von Flute. He went and, back down to light heavyweight, though. He was fighting at heavyweight, I yes. think, for a while. So. Yeah. He should Song look Ladong. better again, hopefully. Song Ladong always brings it. But, yeah, main event. This is what this fight's all about. Max Holloway, Yair, Rodriguez. We've been kind of talking about this, I feel like, on this on the last few episodes because we've been so excited for this. Yair, let's talk about him first because I think we both favor Holloway. But Yair is a guy who... He is just getting better and better every time we see him, though. If you look at a fight he had with Bruce Leroy a few years ago, it was a competitive five-round fight, and I thought, okay, good win, but this guy's probably far away from being the top. And then he just keeps getting better. He, like, stops Jeremy Stevens after the accidental eye poke. They do a rematch. Looks amazing. He has that war with the Korean zombie where right. he stopped I think him with he one was second. the first person to knock him out, right? Yeah, with one second left. And he's probably going to lose that fight. But. With an exciting, like, upward, back elbow. elbow. Yeah, like, insane. Yeah. yeah. So, 
I mean, he's a guy, and he takes time off. But one thing about him when he takes his time off, he seems to really improve his game and gets better. So I'm excited to see what version we're going to see because Max Holloway just keeps getting better and better and better. And this guy's been doing it for a long time. And if he's growing as much as Jair could maybe grow, ah, the gap seems too wide for me here. It could be a fun fight, but also it could be one of those fights because of Jair's style. You're playing, in, you're playing into Max Holloway's hands a little bit too. I like Holloway here. I say he puts it on him. I say, based on off their prior performances, but again, you don't know what versions you're going to see. That's the great thing about MMA when these guys come in here. But based off their prior performances, I say Holloway finishes him. I'm going to be kind to Yair. I want to say three. I'm going to say round four. Gets him out of there, puts it on him. I'm thinking the same thing. Round four, finish, TKO yep. for Holloway. He's going – he's just – I think the real difference, so both guys are great strikers. Ayer uses kicking techniques in Taekwondo, distance management. Holloway uses footwork and boxing. But really, it's the fight IQ that is going to be the difference in this fight. I think that Holloway's fight IQ is just, it's just at the top level. And he's going to be able to get inside to where Ayer is too close to be doing his kicking and i mean he has good hands as well but he throws wide looping shots and holloway is straight punches you know those punches are going to get there first and I, I think as far as who can absorb more damage holloway's never even been knocked down i don't think so he's going to get yair out of there i think it'll take some time for holloway to get in there and laying some good shots, probably good body shots to slow you a year down. So, like I said, I think it'll be TKO round four. But I'm super excited. Love both guys. Mm-hmm. Been saying this for a month and a half. I'm yeah. very excited for this fight. If the rest of the card's not that great, I don't care. I'll stay up to watch this one fight. So, Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Uh... Which I think the fight starts at 4, uh, the card starts at 4 p.m. So it's another early one, so I guess I won't have to worry about staying up too late anyway. Yeah, we're going to take a look. ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus and the fight card, the main card, is at 4 p.m., sir. So thank you, ESPN Plus. Yeah, this should be good. I'm excited. Big fight this weekend. Holloway, Yair Rodriguez. I got Holloway. Chevy's got Holloway. We got Rothwell by submission. We both feel very confident about that one. We're going to look really stupid if Marcus comes out here and taps right. him out. <laughs> it's, based, it's based off Mar- Marco's record. I don't really know that much about the guy. So. All right. So we'll see what happens. All right, man. Great fun fights. Guys, we're enjoying doing this. Chevy, I believe you said next week we got Tate Vericard we're going to preview. We'll probably right. talk a little about Holloway Rodriguez. And then and the uh, then- week after that, we'll, we'll be doing a 5-3-1. And we'll let you know more about that in the weeks to come. All right, fans, as always, it's a pleasure. Enjoy the fights. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 